With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You started as an RN, caring for one patient at a time. But now you're being called to help more patients more often. By earning your master's in nursing leadership and healthcare systems degree online from Grand Canyon University, you could become a leader responsible for staff development and patient care outcomes. What do you think making a difference in healthcare looks like? GCU offers over 175 high-quality online programs like this one. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya, yeah. quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un Fileo Fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. Hello and welcome to the Midweek Fix for me, Jamie Home. The day after a disappointing defeat in the Champions League to Real Madrid. Tonight, myself, Gav and Shawnee are going to be chatting about the remainder of the season and what we expect to see from the final block of games. And we're also hopefully going to be joined by some of our Discord members who are going to be joining us for a quick chat and some questions. So before we dive into tonight's show, quick shout out to footballprizes.co.uk. This week's prize is a Mo Salah signed and framed Champions League montage which also includes a replica of the champions league medal itself it's 4.95 to enter there are 66 tickets available and the offer ends next wednesday so do go check them out gav shawnee i know last night was a tough one to take uh, we've been talking about it non-stop in the whatsapp group now you've slept on it gav i'll come to you first how are you feeling about last night's performance and the result um very disappointed, Jamie. You know, uh, it's amazing, isn't it? Where you're, how we are. I was thinking today how your priorities just keep switching week on week. You know, I remember going back to three league games ago, Fulham at home, and we looked at the we looked at the lineup, and I remember me and Shawnee going, "He's just giving up to go here. He's giving it up because like he doesn't think he has a chance at top four, and he's just going to go through the motions in the league, and he's going to concentrate in the Champions League, and and then you know." Th- they get the win away at Wolves and they get the win away at Arsenal and you see a couple of results go their way and they're two points off fourth now. And you're like, oh, no, there's still a good chance. So do we shift back to the league? And now the Champions League looks like a bonus again. And then the lineup was a bit curious for me. It was a bit of a weird one. Um, I was one of the ones that wouldn't have started Jota. I would have started Firmino. And I can't understand how Naby Keita's in that side. Um, and that's like... You can't say anything about Naby Keita without people having a fucking breakdown. But I just couldn't, I couldn't understand. Like, I've watched a team against Arsenal that had loads of energy, um, and a purpose to what they were doing. And, and, and I, you know, they, they looked like they knew where each other were and stuff. Now, granted, when Alden was in for Milner and 
maybe that's yeah that's you know whatever but but Kate the for Thiago was a strange one for me and and the way we played like we're at the being talking before we come on air there no intensity and Real Madrid like Shani said Zidane does his homework he, he he breaks whatever little presses there with just balls to the fullbacks and then they're hitting diagonals and Cruz is getting on it and having the freedom of Madrid to do what he wanted and we 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 get it, we get a bit of life and we get one, one back and you're thinking, you know what, you take two, one now in the overall scheme of things. But then we can see the third one. So it's a, it's a big uphill task now, Jamie. It really is because we're going back to an empty Anfield and it makes, it makes a huge difference. Um, I think personally it makes a huge difference. And the fear that Real Madrid will have had in them of 50 odd thousand going absolutely crazy at Anfield to, to nobody there. It leaves them very comfortable as to what you have to do. And, um, I can't see us getting through. I'm being honest, and I think the first 45 minutes of that has um, has killed their chances. Shawnee, of all the the heads falling off today in the WhatsApp group, you've probably been one of the more level headed. I would say, what was your reaction to to the performance? Yeah, I kind of, do you know what, Jamie? Earlier on in the season, I kind of moved the goalpost of expectation for me after what the squad had kind of been through. So I always tried to sleep on results before I gave any sort of um, thoughts on them but one thing I, d- I don't really understand is that there seems to be a little bit of a how bad were Liverpool last night not how good were Madrid now I watched the game again today don't ask me why but I just did I just I felt like when I was watching it last night that that was a really good game of football for the neutral um, especially the second half and I always try to watch back games after I know the result to see if there's anything that I missed or anything like that and I just thought Madrid's attention to detail was unbelievable, exceptional to a man. Um, even Vinicius, who hasn't really done much for Madrid since he signed for them, a couple of big goals here, but a player's always looking to have lack end product, was on it last night. And just I just think Zidane really won up Klopp last night. I don't know what Klopp was thinking, putting Keita in. I know everyone in before the game was turning around and saying, he's in there to press but I would have went with Curtis Jones instead because he just has played more football I think throwing Keita into a quarter final like that when he's not really done anything to warrant any minutes or a big start like that especially after probably coming off Thiago's best 90 minutes in a Liverpool jersey away at the Emirates I just thought it was a strange decision by Klopp and that was compounded because he was hooked at 42 minutes and from minute one we looked nervous and I thought they were a little bit, you could see they were tentative and then they realised, there's a number of these are there for the taking and then they kick on. It's hard to explain, Jamie, because like Gav, I, I echo what Gav says, I think 45 minutes might have just caused us to tie there. Although when I watched the game back this morning and I see that we get out there. Three, brave, brave man watching it twice. <laughs> when, I, when, when I see that we get out there with an away goal, that there is something to hang on to. Now, although it is going to be an empty Anfield, an early goal changes everything. It doesn't matter if there's 50,000 in the stadium or not. They will need to manage a game if we get an early goal. And look, we know what, we know what capable. I think Klopp got it wrong. And not for the first time this year, he's got it wrong. And I think when you look back at this season, as much as his injuries and everything else have compounded what has been just been a miserable year with desperate unluck. I think when clubs had to make big calls, he's got them all wrong. See, I, it, it, I'm glad you said that because it kind of leads me on to the next point. And I think when, for me, I always try to be level-headed about this stuff. I don't want to, you know, overreact. 
But what I find difficult after last night was in the first half, it was the lack of intensity. Gav alluded to it at the start. Our inability to keep the ball. And off the back of what you just said there, Shawnee, our best ball player, the guy who was brought in at an elite level to help us keep the ball, was on the bench. Um, There was no pressing. And Gav, I'll come to you. When you look at the likes of the Chelsea game, if you look at the likes of the Leeds game, um, there's been so Aston Villa is another one. There's been so many games where we've played in this way. It's like we haven't learned this, the lessons. We're not pressing from the front, yet we insist with the high line, which makes it very easy for teams to clip a ball over the top and we're getting exposed. Is that not a frustrating thing that we're going into a game having having come up against this type of challenge before in that you know, teams might look to, to go direct? It doesn't seem like we've learned our lessons at all. Yeah, it's it's been a recurring feature, hasn't it, this season? You know, like Sean even mentioned there before we come on, Leeds at home. You know, the first goal we can see it is Jack Harrison, I think, and it's one of those balls over the back because there's no pressure on the ball. You know, and and Chris Prosser in the in the chat there says uh, our centre backs were found out last night. Most centre backs will be found out if they're they're asked to play a high line and the you know whatever six players in front of directly in front of them aren't doing what they're meant to do when if you play a high line and we all know this it's not it's not rocket science you know Jurgen Klopp isn't reinventing the wheel here when you play a high line the, the first thing you need to do is put pressure on the ball if you don't put pressure on the ball in this sort of game with with Tony Cruz and, and Luca Modric hanging around the gaff they, they're just going to go they're not pressing here I'm just going to pick up little pockets and they don't need time they just need to get it out of their feet and it's it's mayhem then. Everything happens. And Trent's come in for a lot because he was being over, overloaded on that side. But the reason he's being overloaded is because the amount of time they have. You know, if you put pressure on somebody, there might be two players over there, but it's, it can't be pinpoint. It can't be getting your head up and having time to look and expose whatever Liverpool are trying, whatever traps Liverpool are trying to set. But when you don't go and got all go together, those traps aren't even half set. So you're in, you're in trouble. You know, this is where I would have started Firmino. Because if you don't want the high press, at least drop Firmino off and say, I'm just going to stand on Tony Cruz. Or I'm going to stand on Casemiro. Yeah. Or I'm going to stand on Luka Modric. We're not going to press high, but we're going to cut off. There's two ways of doing it. You can press, 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 and just be absolutely all over people. And that causes panic. Um, the, the, the availability of hitting pinpoint passes is drastically reduced. Or the second thing is you cut off passing lanes. Or you cut off, you know, um, creativity at source. So, if you don't want to go and press, fine, but at least take a forward and go, listen, you just drop in onto whoever's the deepest for them, you just drop in there. Just drop in there and make it, not impossible, but make it difficult for them to get them people on the ball. If forces them wide, then you can press. But that wasn't happening last night. What was happening was their fullbacks were getting loads of time and Tony Cruz was just wandering around going, I don't even know if there's anybody else on this fucking page with me. And that's how your centre-halves get exposed because your centre-halves are trying to hold a high line and looking to you know, if, if if a ball is hit in haste, they're looking to get on it, win it, and then we win the second ball and then we, we go from there. But it wasn't happening. Fellas were turning and being able to hit 40 and 50 yard balls straight over the back of them with loads of time. And, and most centre halves will be exposed to that. It's it's just, it's simple that they'll Jamie, just be exposed. Jamie, my, the, I 100% agree there with what Gav said. And look, anyone can go away to Madrid and get turned over like that. That's normal. But the fact that Burnley have been doing this to us. Brighton have been doing this to us. Fulham have been doing this to us. Like, it's not about just being out of our level last night. There's like a blatant flaw in the squad there that's been exploited, regardless with Van Dijk in the team, matchup, everyone in the team. And that's a systematic thing. 
And that's the most frustrating thing about this season, regardless of the injuries, is that Klopp has done little or nothing to rectify any of this. Now, don't get me wrong. I sound like I'm bashing Klopp here, but I'm just think, I think he shouldn't have had criticism just because of what he's done in the past. Obviously, he's got credit in the bank, but he's not done enough to shuffle the pack of what he's had. Now, in fairness, he's been dealt a horrible hand because he's not been able to rotate midfielders because he's had to play midfielders in fullback roles. He's not been able to rotate fullbacks because he doesn't want to be putting Nico Williams and Simakas into makeshift back fours as it is. So his hands have been kind of tired, but he's done very little to set, change shape or approach in any game. So it's been the same It's been the same approach to no matter who we play. And I don't think that's going to get it done. It's grand if you have your forced 11 and you're constantly opposing your game on a team. Like when we play with Van Dijk and Gomez, we're 10 yards higher up the pitch. We're squeezing you there and then. So the press is coming. There's so little room to make. If you want to play that ball over the back, we'll race you all day because Van, Van Dijk and Gomez are rapid. We haven't got the personnel to do that anymore. We do you think? Do you think Klopp is over? So, how has he since October has he not been able to rectify that issue in a way where he's protecting the players that he has there and playing them to the best of their abilities? Because Trent last night would have been exposed in a way that I've never seen him exposed at Liverpool before. Because he was playing against Mendy, who doesn't get the credit. He's one of the best two-way fullbacks you'll ever see in the game at the moment. He's ridiculous going forward and backwards. And not only was he getting bombarded by Vinicius, he had Mendy then bombing on and he didn't know whether he was coming or he was going. At the end of the day, Trent's not a fullback. We need to be... He's not... He's he's being deployed there because he's being effective there, but he's not a defensive player. He's more of a maverick. He's put in there because he creates like no one else from there. But he's not really a fullback. Yeah, but Shani, this is, this is where... <clears throat> this is where your your attitude towards going to win the ball or going to put pressure on the ball affects Trent in a big way. Like, I'll put it to you this way. If Mendy is standing on the left-hand side and he says, geez, every time Modric gets it, you know, Firmino was playing, right? He's on him. Every time um, Cruz gets it, Wijnaldum is on him. He's not going to creep up that pitch, Johnny, because the chances of the ball being overturned is heightened. So he has to, in his own head, he has to say to himself, I have to watch myself a bit. But as that game develops from... 15, 20, 25, whatever way you want to look at it. He's creeping and creeping and creeping with more or less the assurance of nothing's going to come back the other way because yeah. they're giving us so much time and the quality of those two lads in the midfield, we can afford to push on here. We're not going to get robbed. And that's how Trent gets overloaded. Exactly. I agree. And even that he's missing, even though he doesn't play on his side, he's missing a Van Dijk or a Matip and a Henderson as much as anyone because it's a subconscious thing. Players like Trent play on instinct. And if he's high up the pitch singing them balls, he's doing that full well-known, whatever goes on behind me. If Hendo, Hendo's covering me, if he doesn't get there, well, they have to be Van Dyke one-on-one. And that's the whole idea of the spine. The spine is gone in the team. So that this whole system is gone. The switch of play that they were doing last night, I was green with envy watching it because this was us for the last two years. Trent to Robbo, Robbo to Trent. They were doing it the whole game. And it's a facet of their game that I miss so much. Not because it's so aesthetically pleasing, but it's so effective. You're dragging teams all over the place. They had us run ragged last night with that Doyag. All over the place. They never bothered going near Asensio. They just literally said, we'll go inside the cruise and ping that Doyag and they'll have to get pulled all the way across. Eventually, they'll be worn out and we'll just break them down. And we've done that to teams for as long as I can remember in the last two or three seasons. But that's gone now because we haven't got Hendo there allowing Trent to cheat, allowing Salah to cheat. Because Salah, he's not like Mane. He's not as... And it's not it's not his job, really. You know? It's not 
it's not what he's in there to do, but he doesn't give Trent the dig out like you need. So Trent ends up being massively exposed. And you're just seeing Zidane picking the bounds out of it last night. Dean Smith has done it. Bielsa has done it. All of these coaches have done it. And Klopp hasn't been able to rectify it yet. Hasn't been able to turn around and say, well, look, this is how you make it work. There's no plan B in that situation. And that's the frustrating part by me. Yeah, right. I'm gonna I'm gonna come to you, Gavin. I'm gonna bring in Kev, uh, one of our Discord uh, members, who's gonna come in and have a little chat with us. Gav, Shawnee said something there, which talked about protecting players, and this is something that I'm interested in because, given the personnel we've got missing, is there not a lot of conversation to just say drop five yards? Can you imagine, you know, drop that defensive line five yards? Because imagine being Phillips and imagine being Kabak with just space behind you and rapid forwards that want to run in behind. Mm. Surely if we just drop five or 10 yards, it alleviates that pressure. We can deal with the pressing as a separate issue from the front, but surely defensively we'd be a lot more um, uh, covered. You know, we, uh, we we certainly wouldn't be at risk of being exposed as much as we are if we just drop five to 10 yards. Yeah, look, on you make on-the-pitch decisions. Like, you've all played football at certain levels and, and you make your own decisions on the pitch at times. And it can go against your manager at times. You know, he might be telling you, stay wide, stay wide. But, you know, but you think if you can get inside a little bit, you might have more more luck in there or, or more chance of doing stuff. They must be... Listen, Shawnee said, like, Jurgen Klopp isn't isn't exempt from, from criticism here. And you'd have to think that... Like when you look at them balls going over the back of us and how high that line is, you have to believe that Klopp, Linders, or whoever else on the side of the pitch is demanding that they stay there. Demanding that they stay there. Because I'm not being funny, Jamie. Me, you, and everybody else could see it last night, right? So, and, and in anyone rational mind watching that last night, you think, why don't you just drop five yards? Just kill that long ball because that's what they're looking for. So let's kill that. If we're not going to sit someone on Cruz or, or Casemiro or whatever, or we're not going to press the full, their fullbacks really high, we're going to have to drop and we're going to have to try let them be absolutely precise in dropping a ball over the back foot. And we've, a, we've a much smaller space to, to recover into. Rather than 40 yards, you you know, you say drop five yards, it's not usually five yards. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah. They were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. That's more than that. But what I'm saying is you're taking you're taking 20% or 25% out of the area that they can hit and the area you have to cover. So it has to be it has to be something that's told by the manager or the or the the people on the sidelines, the coaches and stuff like that. It has to be. Because they must be demanding that. We, but the change he makes is in midfield. And Although you feel sorry for the centre halves and and the fullbacks at times, it's obviously something in the midfield wasn't working. And Naby Keita was taken off. There's an argument you could have taken any of them off. There's an argument you could have taken any of them off. Naby Keita is the one that's taken off, but the midfield didn't push and the forwards didn't push, and the biggest losers on it were the back four. But it has to be Jamie. Look, I'm sorry, you're looking at that last night. There's no way in hell that them defenders seeing what hap- is happening to them here aren't 
staying where they are because it's not under instruction. It's just not happening for me. They're, they are under instruction to stay where they are and, st- and hold that line. And that's the way we play. And it's probably a stubbornness in the, in our game at the moment that I agree with you. Drop five, drop 10, drop 15 or 20. Who cares? Because we've said it so many times, Jamie and Shawnee and loads of people and people in our Discord group and people who talk to us in this chat have said it so many times. Liverpool can play any way you want. They can. So what's the harm in saying, you know what? We're away to Real Madrid. Let's just sit at our box. Let's sit on the 18 yard line. Let them have it. Let them have it. You know what I mean? But let them have it because because if you if you I'm gonna say now that Genie can carry the ball. I'm gonna tell you that I'm gonna tell you Fabinho has an eye for a pass. You've got Mane Salah Jota up front that can cause you all sorts of hassle. So why not just sit? And even then guys, it felt like a stubbornness to me. Phillips and Kabak, surely that's that's more their game. Blocking. Yeah. yeah. Just outright defending. That's more of their game. It it even suits them more. So I don't know. The real reason why I think we haven't done that is because we've seen what happened after Christmas when we were dropped back when it was Matip and whoever the mismatch bleeding back fours that we had. Our, our strikers were 30 yards from goal receiving yeah. the ball. Yeah. Our four, and just inside our own halves most of the time and we, we just stopped scoring. So I, I understand that to a, to a degree but I see a lot of people saying in the chat look it is a well-oiled machine and when cogs are missing it's not going to run the same. And I get that. I 100% agree with that. But my issue is, we've been missing key components since October. Surely if we're still banging the same drum boy now, it, mismanagement has to come into it somewhere. And then we find ourselves in a in a top four battle where we're ranked outsiders. You know what I mean? And whether I got to do what the business that was or wasn't done in January, club hasn't given themselves the best chance to maximise the potential of this season by some of the decisions he's made. I just feel that way. And look, people may feel maybe feel I'm being hypercritical, but I think he's got an awful lot wrong this year. And that's look, that's fair enough. That can happen. The season has been a bleeding dumb stuff where I don't I don't think you can argue he got a lot of lot of things wrong. But what I would say is that the only the only positive I was look look at this is, you know, I'm, we are critical of him and, and defensive lines and, and is he letting them press or not. But the only thing I would say is Oh, my hope for it is that he learns me, you know, and learns me. And, and I'm not saying like, you know, you must learn and you must fucking make all this right. But what I'm saying is if it comes next season and you have all these players back and you've had, made a few additions, if one does drop out, you go, you know what, what we done last season. Do you remember that? It was shit. Let's do something different this year. Let's, let's not go completely mental and start putting midfielders at the back. Well, it was a kind of necessity, but to learn a little bit and, and maybe, if it comes around again, I'm not asking for this season again by any means before anybody goes mental. But what I'm saying is if, if, if you lose a player, if you lose a Van Dyke for six weeks, you say, look, let's not go as drastic as we did. It didn't work for us. Let's change it, change the way we play a little bit because as Shawnee said, that diagonal is gone now. So let's change around a little bit and try and make the changes as minimal as we can. But at the same time, not being so rigid that we've this game plan. And if it doesn't work, we're in trouble. And I, I, I'd hope he learns me. So talking about making changes, right? It looks like there's a bit of a party brewing here, Gav, because uh, we were going to have Kev O'Sullivan from our Discord group is going to be joining us. So I'm going to bring in Kev. But it also looks like Grizz is joining us as well, which is a lovely oh, surprise. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll, I'll add the lads in now. Go on. Kev, Grizz, how are we, gents? Good, good, Jamie. How are you keeping, mate? You well? Good, good. Hi, Grizz. Uh, Hi, Grizz, how are you, mate? 
I'm not too bad, Kev. I'm not too bad, Kev. Good to see you. I always read your comments, but it's good to see you kind of in person. I had to join the lads today. Last night, I was too down. I was like, literally, people were telling me, like, what was the point of doing the pod? I was that sad and down. And I saw I saw these guys, the best boys' faces, and I thought, I've got to join them for a bit of therapy. Nothing better than therapy with the boys. No better man. Yeah. So, Kev, what are your thoughts on the game, mate? Have you got any questions for the lads? Well, I mean, how do you guys see the run-in now with the form that we're in in the last six weeks? Do you feel with the away? Can we bring the away form home? And do you, what gives you faith in what we have done so far to be able to do that? Would be the one question yeah. I'd ask. Gav, I'll come to you because I suppose one of the points, and Kev makes a great point, is you know if you look at the fixes that we've got throughout the rest of the season, there's a lot of home games. And we've only scored one home Premier League goal in 2021, which is a mad stat. That's surely a worry as we go into the running. It is, but the running is, is not the worst in the world. Um, I will say that. I'll go back to what I said earlier. Our priority keeps changing. You know, our, we, we, were, we were all over the Champions League a couple of weeks ago and then Come Saturday night at 10 o'clock, we're going, oh, we're back in this on the top four. And now that this result last night is kind of going, oh, geez, we're going to really have to put it in the league here because the Champions League is, you know, the odds have gone out in the Champions League where, where the odds on the top four have gone in a little bit. Um, the only thing I would say, Kev, is that you call a form, but what fucking sort of form is it? Like it's, it's, it's been atrocious, um, since late December. We know that there's been signs of life. Um, you know, winning away at Wolves and um, winning away at Arsenal, the home form has been terrible. But you just don't know, and 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 I know that sounds a very simplistic simplistic thing to say, but you genuinely don't. You don't know what t- what team Liverpool team are going to turn up against Villa at the weekend. They could come out and smash Villa all over the place. Then they could they could end up going down to a drab one nil. Uh, I've said it. I've said it the last couple of weeks. When Liverpool lose their next game, the top four is gone. And I think that's, I think Klopp taught that at home to Fulham. I think the, the, the two wins following that, Wolves away, Arsenal away, I think have, and the results elsewhere have made them go, oh fuck, no, we're actually still in this. I think the next time we lose a game, Kev, I think the top four is gone. And I think, I think, as I said, the Champions League is, um, is an uphill task. I think it's Europa League football next season. That's me being perfectly honest. But. What, what I would say is, is that when you look at the teams around us, you know, Chelsea unbeaten under Tuchel until they get beaten by West Brom, you know, Leicester, they're, they're on okay form, but they're only, I think they're six clear of us, seven clear of us with eight, nine games to go. Um, you look around them, West Ham are doing great, but they, they, they will have off days. Everything are the same. Spores are most definitely the same. It's all to play for. It's whoever loses first. I genuinely believe that. I think whoever loses first and loses an advantage that they have, I think it's gone. It could be any of those sides, but I don't see Liverpool doing it. Um, I think the league form is way too patchy and I can't hand on, I can't put my hand on my heart and say Liverpool could go and win. I think they've hit nine games left of the, um, yeah. I, I can't hand on heart say, say Liverpool will win seven of them. Not right now. I think nine games left. We've won away at Old Trafford. We've, you look at the top one. We've a nice final three games. You'd hope the likes of West Brom will be gone by then. But I look at it and think, oh, we haven't really been played after part by anyone. No one's battered us. We've been in games and made our own. Even That's last true. night, Shawnee's not a, Shawnee's not agreeing with you there, Kevin. I don't no, think no, <laughs> they, they were our own mistakes. 
last I night think was, patterns. especially the third, game, the third goal the third goal last night was our own mistake I mean to be done by a throw in set piece was criminal 2-1 last night wouldn't have been the end of the world the Brighton game yeah fair enough but in the main we've been in games my main problem with us is we've gone from last season having 15, 20, 25 chances. Like we watched Bayern Munich tonight, 27 attempts on goal. By far the better side, committed to the high line. Fine, they got done by Mbappe on the break. Yeah. Happens. We are not committing to the high line in the way we were. Our front four aren't pressing the ball like they normally do. And that's where doubt comes in. Where doubt comes in and you throw in someone like last night, Cruz, Modric. They'll ping you and they will crucify you. But we're not creating that many chances. Palace, seven, eight shots, seven goals. You know, we're not even getting into double figures in the amount of chances that we're creating. Munich, or sorry, Madrid last night played us like a fiddle. You want the ball out wide with Trent, cross the ball in, fine. Nacho will eat that up all day long. We'll, Premier League defenders, Villa at the weekend, Kanz and Mings will... Be delighted. Trent, you have the ball out there. We'll back ourselves to head the ball away all night long. Klopp could look at playing 4-4-2, play a diamond. Play, look at the last minute, the, the rest of the season as a mini nine-game sprint. He can't surely go in with 4-3-3 anymore. Because yeah. I don't think we're playing 4-3-3 anyway because Manny look- is not playing as a left winger. Manny's Manny not is playing at all. No, yeah. but Man is playing centrally. Yeah. Man is playing centrally. And that's taking away from Robertson because last season, Manny out on the left, Robertson has someone to play one two off to go around a right back with crosses in from behind. Now Robertson is crossing from deep. Trent is crossing from deep. Mo Salah is brilliant. Fine, he's a great goal scorer, but his right foot is for standing on. Any half decent left back knows how to play him. Turn him in on his left foot, make him go back. We don't have anyone over five foot nine, five foot ten in the box state that's going to score headers unless it's a perfect cross. One in five will be. You know, one goal in five games, you might get a perfect cross like Jota did at the weekend. But in general, we're not difficult to play against, and that's my problem. Exactly. I'd and love that's to see going into now. next season as well. I'd love to see between now and the end of the season, and not in the worst way, but I'd love to see a lineup coming out an hour before the game and going, "Oh, what's he doing here?" And no, oh Jesus, what's he doing here? Do you get me? I'd like to see yeah. Klopp making the opposition think. Uh, and I'm with Krav, it's impossible. Like this season is mad. We could get beaten by one nil by Villa on on Saturday and go out and beat Madrid two 0 next Wednesday. Like yeah. you, you just don't know what way this is gonna pan out. And the thing is a two nil will do us next Wednesday. That's 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 the thing. That's the people are getting way overawed by the scoreline last night. The away goal was oh. crucial. Well, well, we're in our rights to go and beat a Madrid side 2-0 because we can do it. But he just has to have balls. He has to go for it. I want to see the front four but for every game now between the end of the season. And that's it. Just play Fabinho and Thiago and play the front four and do whatever you have to do and impose their game on other teams instead of sitting back and waiting for teams to do to us because that's what we've done. That's what we did last night. We, we allow Madrid to... We need to go out and stamp our authority on the next nine games. And Kev hit the nail on the head perfectly there. It's a sprint. He's got to go for something different. Because if he doesn't, it's just going to be a mu- much of a muchness. What's that nine exactly. games left? 
the way it's going, it'll be three wins, three draws, three losses. Because that's the sort of way we've been going this year. He's got to change it up. If he doesn't do it now on Wick Gav, we'll be in the Europa next year. Grizz, I'll come to you. When you look at the the sample size of the season and obviously the woes that we've had at home since January, do you feel confident to A, think that we're able to overturn a two-goal deficit against Real Madrid? And then is there... Uh, is there a formula, like Shawnee says, whether it's going with the front four like we did so effectively against Manchester City away and and kind of shock them? They, I think they, they retreated 10, 15 yards. They didn't know what to do. Where do you see you know, the, the rest of this season kind of panning out and, and what side would you like to see him go with? Cup finals. And I mean that literally cup finals. Exactly what Gav said in terms of You've got to go out with the mentality of it's a cup final. We've got to win this in 90 minutes. The first time we drop points, the top four is over. I mean, it is. I, I'd say the first loss, the first loss that we encounter in the league, That's the, as Gav says, that's your league league title, uh, uh, top four race over. It's got to be. It's got to be front four because I think, and we've discussed it to death and there's no point discussing anymore because of the state of the injuries and it never happened, but we were destined to play a different style this season, which included many games with the front four up top. But even that, Jamie, the front four, what is our front four at the moment? Because I I don't think Mane is deserving of a place in this team at the moment. And it hurts me to say this because he's my favourite favorite forward out of all of them, probably. Um, but he's not deserving of a place on current form. But maybe that changes if you play all four of them because the times we have played all four of them in recent games in patches or in games he's even he's looked livelier do you know what i mean um and yes just play everyone in their positions um sod the rotation sod the giving players chances they've had everyone's had their chances i think i think the, a lot of the minds made up on a lot of the players um if genie's off then i'm of the opinion genie shouldn't play any games now this is the this is the one one decision that he's going to have to make. I know he didn't do with Emre Chan when Emre Chan was off, um, but I, I genuinely think um, you know if Genie's still not going to commit to this new contract, then I genuinely think play Fabinho and Thiago as long as you can, and I think Shawnee said and play the four of them and attack every game like it's a final. Old, you know the original Jurgen Klopp when he first came to the team. Just attack. Just that. Do you remember that mad Norwich game? Shit like that. Honest. No, no. Honestly, lads, just embrace the madness. Embrace the madness for the last eight, nine games, and see where it takes us. And Would that includes. And that includes on Wednesday. <laughs> but you'd have to. You'd have to ask yourself. Like oh, I get where you're coming from, but you have to ask yourself if these players have it in them. And I don't mean that in a, in, a, in a way of, you know, oh, have they got the bottle for it? Have they got the the fight for it? Have they physically got it in them? To go and do what you think they should do. Now no. I'm not against. I'm not against what you're saying. I think make it make it just like a, a mental uh, game and see what happens nine times. And and you know you may come out with more points than you would if you approach it the way we're currently approaching it. But when I look at when I look at last night in particular, like after Saturday where they were, there was there was so much energy in them. And and I, I said it to the lads after they looked. We said it on Sunday night they looked like the. They looked like they'd spent time together and got into a rhythm and knew each other and knew where passes were going to go and little, little one touches here and there with each other and where, you know, they knew where everyone was going to be at all times. Whereas last night it just seemed to be low on energy and 
even if they wanted to press, they couldn't. So I don't know if they can actually make that happen for nine games, if you understand me. Um, I, I, I'm sorry, lads. I, I think it's going to be much of, much of the same. But I do agree with Grizz. I played a four of them. And I constantly played it for them. And I basically, I put two in midfield and I just put Firmino in front of them. And I'd, I'd let Salah jot that man. I just do what he fucking like. Go and play where you like. Once there's one on the left, one on the right, and one in the middle, we don't care who it is because they're all fairly adapt in all those positions. And I mix it up. And, you know, you, you never know what will happen. You keep a little bit of structure, Gav, of course. Gav, but you, Kevin, but you, have to, you have to do something. You have to do Gav, something a little bit different. Sorry, very quickly, uh, Jamie, sorry, before you want to move on. Kevin made a very good point about... Um, we're so easy to play against uh, recently. And that's my biggest gripe. We were the nastiest team to play against last season. It hurts, hurts Cecilia. We were, yeah. Jamie. We were, we were fucking nasty to play against. We had it all. We could beat you in any style. Now, I know Madrid's ball retention was outstanding because they've got the three of... That three has played for years together. They knew each other inside out. Fucking hell. It was like, you know, they were having their own five-a-side game in the middle of a European court final there, right? It was magnificent to watch. But if you analyse the actual goals, they weren't amazing technically crafted goals. Again, if you analyse the goal against Fulham, uh, the Fulham goals against us, the Chelsea goals against us, they were just simple diagonal balls into the right side of the right channel. The reason why I think... I'm saying it anyway, I don't know about you guys, but the reason why I say go go mad, at least make it uncomfortable. Give them something that they haven't seen before. They've seen our 4-3-3 to death. Every team, every coach, every player knows our system, the back of their hand, because we were the most watched team. We were the most... This podcast is brought to you by Progressive. Are you thinking more about how to tighten up your budget these days? Drivers who save by switching to Progressive save over $700 on average, and customers can qualify for an average of six discounts when they sign up. A little off your rate each month goes a long way. Get a quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customers surveyed in 2020. Potential savings will vary. Discounts vary and are not available in all states and situations analyzed team who were the most written about team now fucking cause mayhem on them go mad on them and see if they can handle it and it will also show us something about next season how we can approach certain games now kev uh, i'm going to bring in dave our, our our next viewer from the discord group thanks for joining us mate okay. great to chat sure, to you and put a face to the name look after yourself well, cheers kev thank you take care lads good luck bye all the best. I'm going to bring in Dave. Dave, how are you, mate? Thanks for joining us. Not bad. How are you, lads? Good, good. How are you after last night? Have you got a question for the lads? Yeah, uh, up and down after last night. Takes a while to get over these kind of results. Um, question I said to lads is, how do you think we go forward from now? Whether we get top four or we don't, what do you think we'll go into next season? Do you think we'll be as strong as the season before or weaker or stronger? Shawnee, if I if I come to you on this one, because I suppose top four and it's and it's a great question, you know, so much hinges on top four. You know, if if we do miss out and it's Europa League football, what does that mean for transfer plans? Uh, how how do you see it kind of panning out? Um, being honest, I don't think it affects transfer strategy that much. That that's doesn't really worry me at all, to be honest with you. Um, because I think, look, if we'd have finished. In your Europa League football last year, we could have still got someone like a Jota. I still think there's plenty of talent there available that we'll be able to bring in to improve the squad. But I think the biggest thing going into next year, well, hopefully, 
ready for next season. We'll just be having the players back that we've missed, having Van Dijk there, having a Gomez there, having a Henderson ready, having Thiago settled in, ready to play in the system that he was brought in to play. We look a completely different outfit from the offset. And that's just a simple, that's simple as that. No matter who we bring in or don't bring in. Now, don't get me wrong. I do think that we need a, we do need business done, especially with AFCON coming up in January, because we will need a squad to combat that when players do go off. Because look, next year, we shouldn't be throwing around saying we finished in the Europa League, in Europa League spots last year. Let's just get back into the Champions League. We should be challenging next year. There's no doubt about it. This team fully fit. We should be challenging next year because the biggest gripe is we didn't even get a fucking chance to defend that title this year because it was just ripped away from us through unfortunate circumstances such as injury and other like and the, and the likes. So, Europa League football, I don't think it impacts the the transfer strategy that much because I do think they will have a long list of players who will want. To, and look, to be honest with you, if you're gonna have players who are torn around saying I don't want to play if you don't have Champions League. Well, then that's not the type of fucking character you want around the squad anyway. In terms of players wanting out, I don't think so. Um, I still think that the, the lads there will have enough pride to stick around and want to right the wrong of this season. So I'm not worried in that aspect. But we should be challenging for the, the, the league title next year. Make no bounds about it. Champions League, Europa League, it doesn't make a difference to me. We should be, we should be challenging. Where do you sit on it, Gav? Um... It'll make a difference to the to the um the books and the balance sheets, um Europa League and Champions League, there's no doubt about that. Um the money you get for being in the Champions League for sponsors, um your own sponsors and then of course the money for being in the competition itself. Uh the Champions League is, is a lot more money than the Europa League. But I agree with Shawnee. I don't think it changes our transfer strategy. And this is what I've been trying to get at for ages about FSG. And this is why this summer um they will have to, and I keep saying it, they'll have to step away from their normal way of doing business, which is looking at what we get in, using that and putting a few quid to it. And now we have done, we know, we know all the signings we've done, right? And oh, we've done this. We've, yeah, I get that. But, we, but they're very, um, they're very good at managing their money. I think they're going to have to be a little bit better at going above what they usually do, what they usually do. All right. Um, if you end up in Europa League, but Sean, he's right. If players don't want to play for Liverpool Football Club because they might have to spend nine months playing in the Europa League, well, you don't want them. And Klopp said that. He has said that. He said, look, if you don't want to play for me, if you want to leave because it's Europa League, go. If you don't want to join me because it's Europa League, absolutely fine. We, we'll move on. And he's made that perfectly clear. And I don't, I, you know, people see that and go, oh, fair play to Klopp. But there's a lot to it when he says that. There's a lot to it. He's speaking to players at the club and he's speaking to players that they may be looking at or may have contacted with regards to transfers already. Um, and, and there's always something, there's, there's always foundation to when he says something like that. But this summer, um, <clears throat> if it's Champions League, it's Grant. If it's Europa League, I think I think it may stop us from getting that mega star that, that people think we might get. But like Shawnee says, they've a list of, list of players, you know, for every position, and 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 they're going to plan it regardless. Uh, the only thing that'll stop it is players just saying, "I don't want to play because Europa League." But it'll be one season in it because I'm I'm very confident that Liverpool will come back, um, next season with the likes of with the likes of Van Dijk and Gomez back, and you know, not only that, players just getting back and, and having a 
a more reliable squad. My worry is the reliability of some players that are still in that squad and could hamper us again next season. But that's that's for another day. But going into next season, as I said before, if you stand that squad up fit and ready to go in August, I'm happy. But I think there'll be more additions and I think I'll be even happier than than the squad we have now. Dave, before before we let you go, mate, we'll throw the question back at you. How do you see it panning out if you're a if you're a betting man? Do you think we make top four? I'm always pretty optimistic, especially this team is they never failed to amaze you. This year is one week they play amazing, then the next week it's a bit like chalk and cheese. Like I do think they will get top four. I think we've got a, a nice rerun and if we can freshen it up a bit with different Go with the front four, as Shawnee said. I don't think we'll have much of an issue. I love the positivity, mate. What a, what a way to wrap it up. Thanks definitely, for, thanks. definitely Andy's, mate. Look at this. Coming on in the Liverpool jersey, telling us we're definitely making top four. I like it. You could definitely come on again, mate. Some positivity to <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Cheers, we'll boys. chat to you again you. soon. All Cheers the best. Dave. There you know. I have now, a bit of news there for the for the chat in case you're getting your hopes up. It looks like Mbappe is about to sign a new contract with PSG. Yeah. So, yeah, Leonardo just came out and they said that you'll have news on both him and Neymar very soon that's going to make people happy. So, you'll probably put that one to bed. Oh, that's you fucked, Chris. Interesting. What's your reaction, Chris? Get top four first, then we talk. It was all based on top four. The question didn't come to me, so I didn't get a chance to say it, but Yeah. <laughs> It's all about getting top four. It's all about getting top four. And then we can talk. The budget won't change. The players, exactly what Gav said. I have to reiterate. The players, it's all about players. If players, there are players out there that just won't want to play in the Europa League. If, if Even if it's one season, it means too much for their sponsorship, for their, you know, for their image. There will be people like that. Um, but in terms of, in terms of budget, I genuinely don't think it will affect our budget going into, into this, uh, into this summer. It's going to be an interesting summer for sure. Now, I want to come on to, to a player that we've mentioned in passing, but but I want to go into it in a little bit more detail. And it's probably linked to the ideas of potentially bringing in attackers. And I'm going to come to you on this one, Shawnee. Do we need to start having a conversation around Sadio Mane? Absolutely. Um, if it was Mo Salah, we'd definitely be having the conversation. And we've had the Bobby Firmino conversation already. Mane just hasn't been anywhere near his levels for the past six months now. We, we spoke about this as well the other night on the Fatback 4. COVID is wreaking havoc with with some players more than others. Some are just getting over it. Others are just breezing through it. And then it's long COVID is ripping others apart. So I don't know. Um, he just he looks shattered. He looks in desperate need of a rest. I read today that Mane, Trent, Genie, Salah, they've all played a ridiculous amount of football in the last however long, the last calendar year. And it just so happens to be that they're the ones breeding out their arses. I mean, and not necessarily Salah, because Salah is like made a runner. You only have to look at the fella and um, the way he carries himself. They look burnt down and they look tired. And that does seem to be aspects of the physicality just failing them at the moment, just not being able to do it. Chris, like Chris says, does he warrant his place in the, in the 11? Maybe not. Um, are we just going to leave him in there the, the fact we know how good he can be don't think we should be that naive maybe he just needs time out but to be honest with you do we even have the opportunity to leave him out I don't think we do because we need results and you need your best players on the pitch so um, 
look, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I would openly sell either of the front three to fund the big one in the summer. Uh, I do think we need a refresh in that re- in that regard, and I would openly sell either of them. If, if the bit right money came in for Salah, I'd let him go. If the right money came in for Mane, I'd let him go. If a good bit came in for Firmino, I'd let him go. I just do think that in times in football, you've got to be ruthless and you've got to get about sentiment. You've just got to forget about it. It needs to happen. Gav, it's I'll come happen. to you... I'll come to you because of the, the news of Mbappe potentially signing a new deal. I suppose all roads were leading to, to him being that potential just, superstar. That just, could, just a quick, well, sorry, right. just a quick, I've just checked it out. What's what's um, the sporting director said is the situation should be quickly, should be quickly resolved and be clearer. We're going to focus on the present right now. So that's the exact quote. So make of that no, what you do. Hold on, I'll read out the other one as well where he says, I think we'll have some news that will make us all happy soon. Oh, okay. I haven't read that quote. Plenty of quotes. Yeah, Unless they're all Liverpool fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you never know. So, Gav, I was going to come to you and, and after the news potentially of it, of it not being Mbappe, you know, if we do look to break up the, the, the famed front three, now front four, and bring in somebody else, who would your attention turn to if Mbappe is off the cards? Because, you know, it's all well and good saying, you know, yeah, we, we need to strengthen, but it's availability of, of other players. Who would be at the front of your mind? Um, It's always my thinking that the front three and Jota stay as they are. Um, I, there's no doubt you have to have a conversation about Sadio Mane. I don't think his form has been good enough this season. Firmino as well. And that's fine. Um, But I'm always intrigued though, that he keeps playing. And we always go on about how much data they have on players, how much, you know, they, they, they know, they know many times they take a breath during the game. And I, I find it hard to believe that, his, you know, if his energy is so low and he's so down that they keep putting them on there. That's a bit of a weird one for me. Now, they may be, I, I don't think they are, but they might be. I think it's just a case of form. I think it's a case. Of, I, I know where Shawnee's coming from with regards to, you know, uh, we we spoke about this on Sunday. People getting people we know that have got COVID and you know breathes through. But some other people months later they're, they're you know they're literally breathing heavy when they walk up a flight of stairs. So there's definitely that's a me now. I'm thirty six now. Gav. <laughs> yeah, that's just well, called being thirty six. That's, that's me as well. Especially after Easter <laughs> Sunday, there was eggs everywhere. Um, but but what I'm saying is like when I look at that. There might be something in the whole fatigue thing and all. And I get that. He's played a lot of football, Manny. But I think it's confidence as well. Even the way he, he takes the ball, his touch, it, it just seems that there's a lot of confidence gone. And maybe they're trying to just walk him through it. With regards to the summer, oh, listen, you never know what could happen with Salah or Manny or Firmino or whatever. But I think if it was if it was me, I'd like to keep the three of them. Because as Grizz said, they're going to want to write this wrong. You know, and regardless of what happens at the end of the season, even if they make top four, they'll still feel like oh, that wasn't right. We have to go and have another go. Jota added in there. I think I think Origi lives. Um, you know, and Bappe is the name on everyone's lips, and and you know the whole um, LeBron stuff and and Nike and and all sorts and Liverpool. Supposedly, if they you know if they got a sniff, they might have a look at it. Um, the other one I turned back to. Um, that seems to be going on the radar massively to, as we approach this. The, the end Sancho of the is Jaden Sancho. Um, I think you know he was all the talk. Remember, he was he was imminent to sign for United for about six months, um, and never signed for them. And when I look at him and I look at the players we have at the moment, and I look at where Salah might end up, 
with regards to position on the pitch, I think Sancho is going massively under the radar. The other one, of course, is um, Daka that's having a fantastic season and is a young young player that with a lot of ability. But I think if you're going to if you're not doing Mbappe and you're not doing Haaland, I think the next one down is probably Sancho for me. Chris, I'm going to put you on the spot now. So we've talked about potentially players coming in, and one of the the, the storylines that's coming off the back of last night's performance is around Naby Keita. Um, it, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't his best night by any stretch of the imagination. I think there's, I think it's fair to say that the manager probably didn't do him any favors by throwing him in cold. Um, you know, albeit he's saying he's he's performed well in training, but it's one hell of a difference playing well in training and then stepping up to playing Madrid with no games in your legs. But look, he was very poor. He didn't seem to carry out the instructions and what was expected of him. Do you think that this could be Naby's last season and do you think it's time that we potentially look to cash in on him? Uh-huh. Um, Put you on the spot there now. Yeah. Personally, being the ex-manager of El Nino of the Barkingham District League, I would have I would have sold him for a bucket of KFC. Right? But but that's not but that but that's not I would have I would have swapped it. If someone said, look. Chris, I'll send you over a KFC, bucket of KFC. I'll say, yeah, Nabby, pack your bag, son. Off you go. You're, you're not playing in Hackney Marshes anymore. Can't play in Lloyd's <laughs> Park, which is, if people know East London, it's another part of uh, the area. But look, I can't see us, I can't see us getting rid, Jamie. Either can and, I. The, and, and the fact, and the, and, the, and the reason for that is not because we, <laughs> we may believe in him. It's the fact of the numbers that we have to do this summer. Because if Ginny is leaving, as it very look, uh, looks like it's, it's, it's happening, Milner's another year older, you know, are we really going to play much in central midfield next season? I hope to God not. Groich is not going. Jones is still a young player. Um, who's the other one? Ox, absolute useless. There's no faith in Ox at all from Jurgen Klopp. And we're, and we're going to start accepting offers. I don't know why we didn't accept offers lot in, in the summer, but we've got no choice but to. There's just too much to do, Jamie, in other as- in, in other areas of the pitch. You'd end up having to sort of two centre-backs, possibly a reserve keeper, unless you keep Adrian. There's too much to do. And that's the reason why I don't think Naby is going to go. Otherwise, he deserves to go. And I'm going to say it. He deserves to go. and that, And that's not based on pure lack of ability. He's got the ability to be a Liverpool player, but sometimes it just doesn't work out for with talented players. He's n- he won't be the first talented player that hasn't, a move that hasn't worked out. Do you remember Veron at United? Shit happens. Um, you know, for us, Aquilani, what a talent he was. Didn't work out for us. Aquilani was a very sought out of midfielder. You know, Christian Ziegler. When we bought him. Christian Zieger came as a World Cup winner, German superstar. You know, it, it doesn't it doesn't work out. And I th- and I think you know for Naby, for Naby's sake, for even for for maybe Klopp's sake, because Klopp is a very loyal man. He's a very loyal human being. And even you know, I think even this selection yesterday was, was scrambled thinking. Like going back to, I don't want to go back to it, but just touching about it. You know, he, he's so loyal to this kid. Uh, I think. I think I would 100% move him on. I think the club aren't in a position to move him on unless we get an outstanding offer. Do you guys see an outstanding offer for Navigator? That's the problem. We're, we're not in a summer where we're going to get anything remotely what we paid for him. Well, even half of what we paid for him. 
So I don't think there's, a, get rid of him. there's a bang of, of Leicester off Naby Keita. He just seems like a Leicester t- a Rogers type player. But I, I think you're right, Grizz. I think it, it's a difficult one. I just feel, and I'll come to you on this one, Gav. I feel like we've been having the same conversation for three seasons now. And you can probably count on one hand the games where he's had a huge impact and he's lived up to his undoubted potential. But most of the time we seem to be talking about the fact that he's either unavailable or not delivering. Yeah, and Kieran Torrance is there out of Naby and Ox. Ox stays because everyone's forgetting the homegrown quality. And that's a fair point as well. You know, Naby Keita, it's availability. It's as simple as that. I don't think he plays badly when he, when he plays for Liverpool. I genuinely don't. I think he was poor last night. There's no doubt about that. When I've watched Naby Keita, I think, yeah, neat, tidy, go buy a player. Um, you know. This podcast is brought to you by Progressive. Have you tried the Name Your Price tool yet? It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to find a rate that works for you. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive. Get your quote today at Progressive.com and see why four out of five new auto customers recommend Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Press is really, really well. Like, you know, that's why, like, if we're talking like 4 2 3 1, I'd love to see him probably in the, in the most advanced midfielder in like a 10 and let him press and press. But it's just availability. It really is. And, and I agree with Grizz. I don't think he will be sold. Now, people would say we won't get what we want from, you know, stuff like that. But you have to remember, Nabi Kade, after, if he go, if he, when he, if he goes through this summer, he's only two years left in his deal. He's two years left. So then you're getting down to a year. So who's going to pay for him? You know what I mean? The argument that you won't get the money now is is a bit of a null and void one because you're not going to get it next season. Especially if he doesn't perform and he's down to a year, people are going to go, ah, let him let him stay there and he might show something and then he might take him on a free. Um, I agree with Grizz though. I don't think he'd be sold because I think Wijnaldum will go, unfortunately, in, in my opinion. I think it's very, very unfortunate that he leaves on a footballing basis. Um I'm not anymore, Gav. I'm, I've, I've changed my mind. I'm not with you well, anymore. Well, you, yeah, but you change your mind all the time. So no, it's hard no, to break I, news. I, I studied um, all night. I studied all night. Well, you didn't. You, you, you have a few quotes to study tonight as well, bro. Um, but <laughs> what I'm what I'm saying is, it, it's it's unfortunate, in my opinion, on Gino and Alden, right? He's not shipping three because I think Ox will go, despite what Kieran Thorne says there. I think Ox will go. And 100%. I don't, and I don't really? think, and I don't think, I don't think he does cater. I don't think he ships three out midfield. I think James, they're so clean think up Kato. that home ground quota situation this summer. They're cleaning it up. It's been lingering a little bit, but I reckon that's something that they will clean up. 100% they will. Look what Grace said. Whatever about what we think, I just think at this moment in time, it's best for all parties involved for the move to happen here because Kate is just stuck there at Liverpool and he's been available for a few weeks and not played many minutes even though he got fucked in last night and Mill probably benefits him more than it benefits us to be honest with you because we're the ones that are going to have to replace him he needs to play ball like we said absolutely no doubt in his talent but he's not available enough and that's the worst part we haven't been same with Chamberlain there's absolutely no point being the best in the world in your position if you're only going to be available 10% of the time and 10% of the time is when we need you in there and you're not fucking around. It's useless. Absolutely useless. There's too many players in the squad like that at the moment. That's hamstrung us over the long term. With Ox. With Keita. Like others, like, we, there's so many players there. For me, he's way down the pecking order, especially after the emergence of Curtis Jones this year and whoever we might bring in this year. Like, 
to, to lose Keita, Ox and Genie in a summer, the boys are going around the R word, but I'm going to say it, then you're in rebuild territory. Yeah, you are. You want to avoid that, because that's probably a year before it's time. Well, that, that, that's when it starts to look like um, it's a snap decision, doesn't it? You know, oh, we we let out three and we bring in three. Then it starts to look like a snap decision, and then then the spotlight is really on you. And if it doesn't yeah. go well, you're at the, you're absolutely hounded. Like you're hounded by the media anyway, as Liverpool Football Club. But if you bring out three midfielders and put three in, it doesn't work. Here they're going to absolutely you know bang you from pillar to post. It's it's just it's it's an interesting. One. I personally in midfield, I think it'll be I think it'll be um I think it'll be genius and one in, and I think. Ox, I think, will go, and I think that they might look at an opportunity somewhere in there to bring somebody in, but I think Kate will end up there by default. Now, there's one topic, and I, I hummed and hard about putting this in, and I spoke to Gav before we uh, before we came on air about including It's a topic that's important to myself, and I want to come to you on it, Shawnee. You know, it's one thing having opinions on players' performances, but there's one storyline that's come out the back of the game, and that's around Trent and, and Naby receiving racist abuse online, and to be honest, lads, and, and as I said, I'll come to you, Shawnee, this is becoming far too frequent now. It's game after game. It's not isolated to one particular club. Man United have had issues. How do we get to the bottom of this and how do we stop it, Shawnee? Because it's becoming, as I said, far, far too frequent. I think it starts with the, the social media outlets, Jamie. Um, there needs to be some sort of law brought in. They need to do something about the way you create a profile, stamping this and linking it intrinsically to whoever that person is, whether it's through a social security number or a passport, some sort of verification, because any fucking Egypt can hide behind the keyboard now and dress themselves up as man, woman, child, Liverpool fan, United fan, Chelsea fan, whatever your ethnicity is, whatever your sexual orientation is, you can literally be whoever you want to be now on a social media profile without any sort of drawback. And this is being used as a tool to racially abuse these lads who are out just doing their jobs, are trying to do the jobs. And at the end of the day, are human. Just because they're paid enormous large sums of money a week or whatever they earn or whatever they do, at the end of the day, they flick onto their social media profiles and words hurt as much as the next person. And thankfully, I've never ever had to go through anything like that and I probably never will. But I can't imagine the effect that has mentally on these players because a lot of them are young lads you know that's the thing a lot of these what we fail to realise is that Trent is a kid still he's 21 he's still not yet to become a man like this is the thing social media they're not doing enough Twitter's your Instagram they're not doing enough to protect these people and until they bring out some sort of system where you can only see these people who are verified and if they do tend to overcross the line that you can report these people to the relevant authorities because you're just going to have these fucking keyboard cowards. We see them in the chat sometimes. We see them coming in here in the chats, throwing in slurs about hills, but however other disasters, and they can do it freely as they like. Now, it doesn't affect us directly, but there could be someone in the chat who was affected by that disaster. And this is the knock-on effect, Jamie. It's a complete... it's a poison, poisonous pit. It's why I'm away from all social media because anyone can go on there and say whatever they like and get away with it as it is. That young lad in Ireland was charged for me and Roy. He was traced and tracked. They need to do something about this because it's just horrible. It's absolutely horrible. It, the normal man, the normal person 
is is subject to it. Not just these footballers. It, there's nothing we can do about it because they're like rats. They're just multiplying. They just you take one away and they just multiply. I don't know what we do. It's up to Twitter and the likes of Instagram to take control <clears> of the situation now and make it a legal thing. Make this a law. <coughs> Gav, mm. where you sit on everything? Um, exactly where Shawnee sits, and it's not just footballers. You know, it, it's normal people. Um, on Twitter and on Facebook or whatever. I'm not on. I don't do Facebook, but Twitter I, I'm involved with because of the podcast and stuff like that to keep an eye on stuff. But it's not only it's not only footballers that get targeted for this. It's it's just random people. Like Shawnee says, your ethnicity, your 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 sexual um, orientation, whatever it might be, it can be anything. You know, um, I don't, I don't know how we get to the stage where you need to put some sort of identification on it. Um, I think, you know, you, you look at all the, the analytics that people have now and the algorithms and stuff like that. I think they could do more to stop it. You know, I think, I think with all the, the search engines and whatever they have to, to basically, you know, the way you can block a word on Twitter and stuff like that. They should be able to, they should be able to do more. To, to stop it from happening but it, it is the only way to, to do it like as 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 probably far-fetched as it sounds if you go to set up an email address you should have to verify yourself as to who you are you know and and i'm not asking you to verify yourself every time you go onto some other platform but you would have to provide a verified email to get onto twitter to get onto facebook to get onto instagram to get onto anywhere linkedin wherever it might be right and that's it like I, you have to verify yourself when you want to go anywhere. You know what I mean. You get stopped by the police. You have to verify who you are. You know, so it shouldn't make a difference because you're sitting on at a, at a keyboard and doing it. And then you'll see how many there is. Because I have two rules, right? One, how many of these people would say it to you? Very, very little. They'd actually, say it to your face. Very, very little. And then when it comes to football stuff, I actually look and go, how many people would would you hear say this down in the pub? And very little would say that as well. So the the problem is they get entertained. And and I don't mean to have a go with people here, but you know when somebody does something <clears> like that and you see everyone retweeting and retweeting and retweeting, that's what they want. Don't that's what they the want. Oxygen. That's what they want. They don't care how many people hate on them. They don't care how many people have a go. The words are still on the screen and you still affect these people whether they're not being retweeted or not. Like, Chris, yeah. Chris, I followed you on Twitter for the longest and not one of us had mentioned it here. And I've even seen some of the shit that people have said to Grace. Now, Grace is rhino skin, neck like a jockey's bollocks, I know that. But at the end of the day, there's people who, the people who might not be, you know what I mean? And look, you only have to look at the likes of Caroline Flack. Words hurt people, some more than others. And it's just, it's always going to be that way. And until we do something about it to eradicate it, it's just going to get fucking worse. I'd hate to be raising a child in this generation and hopefully one day by the time I do get around to it, that this is all sorted out because these toxic environments are good for absolutely nobody. All it does is promote cowardice and fucking bullies. And there's one thing I hate in my life. It's a bully. And that's all these people are behind little fucking fake profiles saying what they want to whoever they want without any sort of repercussions it makes me sick and it's, it's I hope you don't mind like, me asking oh, go on, go. sorry just just quickly it, it, it's funny like because you know somebody says something to person a says something to person b and person b reports it along with a couple of their friends person a just has an account suspended or, or taken away from them nothing else they don't do anything else you just set up a new email address go in and start again 
You know what I mean? So I think there needs to be some sort of verification. You know, like the big thing on Twitter is, oh, he's verified on Twitter and it's meant to be some sort of, I don't know, Medal of Honor or something. It should be everyone. Everyone. And But you see, that'll never happen <laughs> because that means that less people will be on Twitter and they would make less money out of advertisements and things like that. And it comes down to money. Everything comes down to money. But Sean is right. You need to verify something at some stage. Like I run, I run loads of accounts um, for the LFC day trippers. Like you know, different accounts for different softwares and everything. I have to verify everything I do. I try to go into some of them, and I have to press a button, open my phone, swipe my phone, press a number, come back in. It there's about ten steps to it. But if I want to go onto Twitter and abuse somebody, I can set up any old email address, go in, stick a picture of whoever on, on my profile and just start, go for it until I get caught. And then they just stop that email and start again. You know, so it's, it's one of those where they will put a stop to it, but they won't put a stop to you doing it again. Do you get me? It's just, it, they're just batting it away until it comes back again. So <clears> it's, it's one of those and it's unfortunate to see, but the only advice I would give to people is if I ever, what I can say, if I ever see anything like that involving anyone on this podcast or anyone we know or anyone in general where it comes up across my timeline, I would genuinely just go, first of all, block the person and second of all, report it and just keep, just keep doing that. I wouldn't retweet it. I never retweet these things. I would just block and report and move on because th- trust me, they're getting off on the retweets. They're getting off on the shares. You know that sort of way because that's what they're there for—a reaction—and they feel important. But they're not. They're only. They're only assholes. To be perfectly honest with you, Grizz. I hope you don't mind me asking you this, and you can tell me to piss off if you want. You know, uh, you, you get a fair bit of stick, like Shawnee says on on social media, and you know, you have you got big shoulders a lot of the time. You know, you can you can take it. You have a bit of fun with it. You block people. Has it has it had an effect on you? And and you know if you've ever if you've ever logged a complaint with Twitter, uh, you know has anything been done off the back of it? Uh, no, but but similar to what Sean you said about raising your children, because my oldest son's on 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 Twitter now as well, social media, and and he's the one I fear for the most. I mean, you know, Sean says I've got rhino skin. I've seen, I've seen. Um, proper racist abuse, like face-to-face, never mind keyboard warriors kind of bullshit. Look, social media, especially Twitter, is once you allow, as as Gav says, once you allow anyone apart from our Mac to make an account via just an email, right? Nicest guy on Twitter he was. You're you're opening opening your um, platform to everyone on society, in society. And unfortunately, there is dickheads in every level of society. And when they have the freedom of a platform that gives them a chance to express themselves, unfortunately, they will use it and abuse it. And it doesn't even always have to be racist abuse to get uh, the attention. A lot of these players or a lot of these stars or whatever, it, it, it usually starts from normal abuse. When I say normal abuse, I mean just calling someone a whatever, whatever, whatever. But what that does is encourages pylons from the rest of the absolute rats that see this. So it's so the racist abuse is the is the absolute nasty side of it. But it starts from just basic abuse, guys, and is very difficult to control. I don't know very if, if look, I'm way, way not smart enough to work out what the way to do it is, but there's definitely smart people that have created this platform that know how to do it. Will they do it? 
that's a total different question. There is absolutely ways they know. They are smart, clever businessmen. We're talking billionaires here. And if it's going to affect their financial, um, you know, financial side of things for them, then that's the hindrance. Because once you open it up, as I said, all sorts of rats from the society will will abuse it. You just can't, you simply just can't stop it just like that. The talk is enough though. I mean, talk is not enough though. We keep hearing, oh, we've got to do something, we've got to do something. Um, who was it? Thierry Henry made a public um, an outcry about it. We need all everyone who's who's got a platform big enough to, to, to express their disgust. And that's maybe the only way that the authorities that can do something about it may do something about it. But another thing is important, Jamie. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. I think in, in all walks of life, and I think just like Grace said, face-to-face racism still exists. Due oh, to yeah. That. Because people aren't educated. We need to educate these people. People need to be educated from a young age how to use these tools. Because, look, social media is not all negative. Like There is, there is, there is positive aspects to social media. And when used correctly, it can be good. It could put people in. If it wasn't for social media, I probably wouldn't know any of you lads. That, that's just the, the fact oh, of the you, matter. You know, Chris, that, sure he's famous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, want, I want to bring this. I want to bring this comment up. Um, but we so, need- look, so, so this guy says. This guy says. Look, think about how I've spoken about Adrian through the Grizz women, and and I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm not embarrassed or ashamed to say that. Yeah, I don't rate him as a player and everything. But find me anywhere on social media, anywhere, Instagram, Snap, Twitter, where I've at a player directly and give him any kind of shit. We all have opinions on players that we don't write, like, rate, whatever. And we, you know, we will have a laugh about them like I do. Like, oh, fuck off, Adrian. But if you're comparing that to racism or racist abuse, mate, to reach with yourself. Yeah. That's a reach. That's a reach big time. But it starts with education and we need to just, we need the ethics first and foremost. And Twitter don't seem to have any. So I don't know. They have to do some sort of social media passport, as stupid as it sounds, some sort of social media license. Because to be honest with you, I think most of these people are just mentally retarded who go on like that. And that's just it. It's a depiction in that mind how stupid and how sad in your life be to go on like that. Like I said, I'm off social media because, to be honest with you, I am one of the most... <laughs> I, I can explode like that at the little things just wind me up. And when you see stuff going on like that... <laughs> like, I could make a profile tomorrow with Eric Cantona as my profile picture. And if you know you get beaten tomorrow night, I could send wherever slander I want to any of those Manchester United players. And you get home and say, and then all the United fans get tired with the same rush. Look at this racist shit going on. This is the thing. It, it, there's zero accountability. And I just, I don't, it, it's going to get worse before it gets better. And that's my major fear. Because you look at that lad from Yeovil, the captain from Yeovil, who, who killed himself. He was a teammate of one of my good friends and said he was a very reserved fella, a really good footballer. But 
he was abused online by by a section of fans and in the end he ended up taking his life is it really worth it it's a game of fucking football at the end of the day it's a well, game it's, it, it, it's football and yeah. if you if you're crossing if your life is so engulfed around football now I do a podcast twice a week in an hour football won't be the be all and end all of me I can switch up after a game I would never, ever, like Chris said, we've all said, I full, like last night, I was saying, what the fuck are you doing, Trent? What the fuck are you doing, Kate? That's natural. I wasn't on his fucking snap, on, on his Instagram, butchering him in his, in his comments. And that's what we're getting here. I, it, it's horrible, Jamie. I don't know. I don't see a way out of it. Not the way it's, it is. Well, BP1984, BP I left that up there, Jamie, on purpose, right? Because he said, could you imagine the loss of ad revenue if all the UK football fan channels alone boycotted for a week and made it known why so i presume he's getting that the fan channels boycotting the likes of um twitter facebook all that sort of thing that's easily done but like i i can tell you i i wouldn't stop doing youtube shows for a week because then i'd be depriving the people that support us of watching air shows you know, we do have moderators that if people come in here and say anything about Hillsborough or, you know, um, the Bradford fire or the Ibrox fire or Heysel or any any sort of sporting um, disaster or tragedy or any tragedy around the world, they're removed from the channel. The, the moderators are told you, there's no there's no banning them for five minutes. They just get removed. And that's what we try to do here. And we say it all the time. Air chat is, in my opinion, one of the the most educated on football and actually just having manners that you will actually come across. But if you said to me, don't do anything on social media for a week because every other channel is going to do it. And the reason why is because it's too easy to abuse people online. I'll do it tomorrow. No problem. And I'll, I just won't tell anybody about our YouTube channels or our, our shows. And we do it for a week of that. No problem. Because the people that watch us know what we're on every night. They follow us. They're interested. And, You've even less chance of people coming on and being an arsehole. I've no issue doing that. But what happens is, unless everybody does it and everybody sticks to it, it's pointless. It's pointless. And it always will be. And it still comes back to the people that run these platforms. They need to do more to stop anyone to be encouraged to come on and abuse anyone, whether it's the color of their hair to down to the color of their skin. They need to be able to turn around and go, let, just to let you know, this is Mr. Twitter here, and if you do this, you're going to have to get on here and be verified. And if you do it, you will be reported to, to the nearest police station to where you are. Simple as that. And that's the only way it can be done. It's the only way it can be done. Rav Deep sends in a, a super chat saying, you guys are amazing. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much for, for, for that. And, and I'm glad, lads, from, from my perspective, that we're able to touch on it because I think the more that it's spoken about, uh, you know, I, I certainly I certainly think it makes things easier and drives more awareness. Kieran also sends in a super chat. For 10 years, I had a persona on Twitter involved with betting. I lived two parallel lives, one that social media showed and what one that my actual life was life it's an evil place now. And, and I'm glad that Kieran sent that in because uh, what, one of the things I wanted to finish on uh, was very much around the website and people contributing and sharing articles. And Kieran actually shared an article this week that we put up on the site talking about his struggles with, with betting and how uh, you know the community that we've built has, has gone some way to help him, keep him positive. And it's nice to hear that you know social media can create those type of connections and, and give him a boost. So Kieran, top man for sharing the story. Keep fighting the good Good fight, mate, and, and we'll always be here for you whenever you need. So, um, 
lads, we ran a little bit over there. I'm glad, as I said, I'm glad that we touched on that topic because I think it's a, a topic that's close to, to all our hearts. A um, couple of housekeeping bits to call out before we wrap up. Uh, as I said, lots of interesting articles that have been coming in. If you do want to get involved, you know, there's no cap on what you can and can't say. If you've got an opinion uh, or story to tell, send it in to lfcdaytrippers at gmail.com and we'll get it up on the website. Discord, if you haven't joined please do. It's great crack. We're in there every day. The chat is hopping. And as you said, seeing tonight, we've we've got members of the Discord now joining in on, on chats. I've really enjoyed tonight putting faces to names. Um, so Gav will put a link to the Discord group in the comment section. Um, uh, and, and, and please do join. The other things to call out subscribers. So we are now past 9K subscribers, which means we are en route to the 10K. When we hit the magical 10K mark, we will be giving away a PS5 and FIFA 21. And so Grizz is you- on a bike. Oh, the best bit. Grizz is on a bike. Is that yeah. confirmed? That's, That's official 100% now, yeah? confirmed. 100%. You're not getting out of that, no? No, he's not. Any, he's not. any quotes? Any quotes going about tonight? Uh, listen, I'm at the beach. I've organized that. I've been on to his wife and she said, there's no problem. She said, I will happily stand there and video my husband while he does a podcast on an exercise bike. So it's absolutely sorted. Fantastic. Right. So uh, final thing to, to shout out, footballprizes.co.uk. Uh, if you want to win a Mo Salah signed and framed uh, Liverpool montage with the Replica Champions League medal, check out the website, 4 95 to enter, 66 tickets available, and the offer ends next Wednesday. Gav, what have we got coming up for the rest of the week? Um, night off tomorrow night. Thank God. Um, we don't get many nights off, but we have a night off tomorrow night. Chris is back on Friday night with the Friday forecast. He's a special guest on that one as well. Um, we are back on Sunday then with the Fatback 4, and then we're back into a new week. So um, as Jamie said, uh, Discord group is absolutely flying. The link is in the description. The football prizes stuff is in the description. The website is in the description. And, and on the website, if you want to write an article, as Jamie said, get in, get in touch. And if you like the website, tell us. If you don't like stuff about it, tell us. If you'd like to see stuff added, tell us. But um, um, we're getting towards the back end of the season now. We're starting discussions between ourselves with regards to what we're going to do for next season. Um, probably more shows. Um, I don't know how we're going to do more, but we're going to do more. And yeah, we're just we're just starting to plan for next season now. So any ideas are welcome. So we can we can get them all together. We go and have these these um, meetings with Grizz on a bike, and we're talking <laughs> about what we're going to do next season. So yeah, look, it's another packed week, and we just keep going every every nearly every night of the week. Right, that's enough from us. Big thanks, as always, to Gav, Shawnee, Grizz, Kev, and Dave for joining us. Also, thank you, everybody in the chat, the Discord group, and anyone that's been supportive of the channel and what we've been doing. It really is appreciated by all of us. With that, I hope you have enjoyed the show. Look after yourselves, stay safe, and we will be back with you next Wednesday on the Midweek Fix. All the best. Introducing Force Factor Fundamentals. Exclusively at The Vitamin Shop, these men's health essentials have clinically studied ingredients like biopurine for enhanced absorption. Yohimbine, pine bark, and L-arginine can help you strengthen blood flow and heighten passion with doses that may bring you the results you crave. Now you can save 20% on Force Factor, including the fundamentals at The Vitamin Shop. Get these men's health game changers in your life at any The Vitamin Shop store or vitaminshop.com. Attention Social Security and SSI recipients. If you did not receive an economic impact payment for your eligible spouse or dependents, 
you may need to file a 2020 tax return with the IRS and claim the recovery rebate credit. Go to ssa.gov EIP to see if you need to file a tax return and if eligible for other refundable tax credits, like the child tax credit. That's ssa.gov EIP. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Sports Social Podcast Network.